It is time to shoot that man and put on your best fitness. Producing another episode of the Sweet Twin Wags podcast. I am Sam, alongside Reardon and Dan. We continue our journey to the wacky world of professional wrestling. Good afternoon, chaps. We are well down the road here of Pride Month this month. This year, I should say. How are you two doing? I'm all right. Dan is dying. Yeah, I'm dying because I'm getting punched up by plants. That's a separate point. Um, <laughs> but but what I can say is that I am, in fact, being queer and, and debatably doing crime. So <laughs> it's, real, it's a real it's a real debate, isn't it? It's a real it's a real mm. thinker. A real thinker. Have we got enough time to talk about? <laughs> no, no, we do not. I mean, we do, we do, but like. I think everyone should understand our, our, our point at, at this, you know, at the, we're, we're episode 101 now. <laughs> yeah. if, you have, if you haven't gotten, like, the uh, the gist of how we feel about stuff, um, then, wow, you've really missed the point. But thanks for sticking around for 100 episodes. Well played. Yeah, I mean, to basically, to basically address everything that's been happening in the last, like, couple... Uh, <laughs> I guess last week or so, mm-hmm. um, the right to uh, having an abortion should be guaranteed by law mm-hmm. um, and available to all who wish to have it, regardless of their position or situation. Um, trans rights uh, are human rights and should exist as such, and we need to work to make sure that governments aren't eroding our human rights and replacing them with uh, equi- with apparently equivalent bills of rights, which don't actually guarantee um, those things which people who claim to defend free speech um, actually do. Awesome. Got it. Got so, it. Yep. 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 Damn yep. right. Damn straight. Sorry. Damn queer. I should say. Just... It's nice to know that. It's nice to know that my E in uh, AS politics comes in useful sometimes. <laughs> it is, isn't it? <laughs> Uh, the fact I don't even have a GCSE. Anyway, we give you the podcast. Make lovely people over at SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, whatever tending other platforms. You know, guys, not only must you always wear fishnets, but you must always, always be pending, which we are. Yes. Which we are. Maybe even sometimes both at the same time. So you know, I like the pride pride parade is coming up like uh, next week, I believe, at the time of this uh, rec- recording. Yes. Maybe that's what I should be doing. I don't know. I, I've had I've had a few I've had a few um, ideas of what what I'm going to be because it'd be my first actual pride parade. So I want to I'm going to check that out. I'm going to figure it out. Biker jacket and fishnet type. I do have a Harley Quinn jacket right here. I that might be the one. one. That might be the one. I have to think yeah. on that. <laughs> That's the way to do it. That is the way to do it. So if it hasn't, if, if the mere mention of fishnets has gone over your head, this episode, before we get into it, we're all talking all about our dear, our dear favorite gay wrestler. <laughs> it is time to head over and visit Dan for this week's shortened version of the wrestling news. <laughs> Da, 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 down. Oh, Jesus. Pressing news. Jesus! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're like, we're, we're on like 2x speed. Um, obviously, there's still a whole bunch of stuff that's happening in the wrestling world right now. Um, 
I feel like we've covered most of it, and, mm-hmm. and most of it is just we're finding out more information and everything. <laughs> there have obviously been uh, talk about releases or supposed releases and people getting injured and stuff like that and the Jeff Hardy situation, which I think we're going to just run over at this point because, like, it... it... <laughs> We, you know, there's more information coming out. I don't yeah. think there's anything that's like super important right now. I believe yeah. he has now entered rehab. Yes, he has now entered rehab with support from AEW. Uh, I've I heard a lot of people um, compare Jeff to Paul Gaston in this country, especially compare it, compare him to Paul Gaston. And yeah, yeah. I say I like Jeff. <laughs> it isn't it is it isn't it i think i think it's one of those comparisons where i'm like you like the spirit the the spirit is there and i understand you but like i don't think the comparison needs to be made exactly <laughs> that that's that's re- that's really my my key point here i guess the key point i'd get out of this is um Please, even if it is not Jeff Hardy, please take addiction seriously. Exactly. Uh, it is a difficult road to walk um, and has lots and lots of pitfalls. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know people like to be there and be like, oh, this is his last chance. And I'm like, that's that's not how addiction works. Yeah. <laughs> like, they're, like they're, they're, there's a whole lot more wrapped up in it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like obviously seeing someone you know and that you like relapse multiple times, yeah, not good. Mm. Um, so for the majority of this new segment, we're going to be doing predictions for Forbidden Door. I have the card up all ready to go. So um, um, coming like coming off of this week's Dynamite and Rampage, I'm a little bit more excited for it. Given the fact as well that the wrestling world seems to have had injury upon injury upon injury for a lot of talent, the fact that they're even going through with this, the fact that they've even got a full card, I'm excited for it. It Could it be better? Absolutely. But we're getting what we're getting, and I'm happy that we're still getting this. <laughs> yes. So, can we start with the prelims? Let's start with the first match on the buy-in show, which is Cutie Marshall and Aaron Solo versus Hiroki Goto and Yosh Hash. Chaos for me on this one. Mostly because I just, like, some people have started to get won over by Hiroki Goto again. It's like, he's had a rough couple of years as Goto. <laughs> so- Literally, Goto spent his entire time just being the, like, the workhorse of of New Japan and just people just like like you just have so people there being like man Goto should really get a fair swing at the at the IWGP and then New Japan just like consider the following no <laughs> so no but, I think chaos on this one you know what I think I think it's just two guys being dudes oh god damn <laughs> I, I will say this I have been loving people <laughs> Nah, it's just it. It's go. It's Goto and Yoshihashi. I fucking love them. <laughs> They're great. They are. Good. I do. Love two them. guys, just two guys being dudes. <laughs> oh gosh, yeah. No, for me, yeah, chaos. It's okay. One day Yoshihashi will get his G1 win. <laughs> uh, 
The next match on the pre-show, Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland versus El Desperado and Yoshinobu Kanemaru. Yes. Swerve and Our Glory versus Suzuki Goon. Um, yeah. This is another one I'm not, I'm not, I don't know. A lot of people think that this might be the vehicle for Swerve to turn on Keith Lee, but... I really I hope it's not. I really hope it's not. <laughs> a, they both work tremendously well. And B... They've not been fully established as a tag team just yet, so I feel like trying to do that is really pushing a far button, taking a lot of heat from WWE. I yeah, really. I mean, I'm I'm, I'm 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 going for swerving our glory. I I like that. De- I mean, I like Desperado. I really don't think he should be on the pre-show. <laughs> Same. Uh, I think. And to be fair, and to be fair, in his own way, I have a lot of love for Kanemaru, but. Mm. I think Swerve. I think Swerve in our glory for this one. Agreed. Swerve in our glory. Um, then the final match of the of the pre-show: Max Caster and the Gun Club versus Sorry. the team. Hey, 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 you forgot it's Billy and the Ass Boys. Oh, Billy, Max Caster and, uh, and Billy and the Ass Boys <laughs> versus Team New Japan Dojo. So we have Yu Uemura, Alex Coughlin, the DKC, and Kevin Knight. DKC made his appearance on Rampage, mm. I believe. Mm. Uh, um, my prediction for this is that Alex Coughlin throws everyone out of the ring, including his two teammates. So this is what I was going to say, which is <laughs> can the match, e- even if New Japan dojo losers can alex coughlin just suplex fucking everyone constantly yes i want that to happen the bad is like if he can if he can press slam billy gunn as well that'd be that'd be based imagine if you had if you will, uh just to paint a picture for reardon you had tom Selleck, don fry and dan seven mushed together and the person who likes to throw everyone into the into the into the front row—that's who Alex Coughlin is. Well, that's horrifying. <laughs> Basically, he's just a really jacked dude with a mustache. Yeah. Jacked dude with a mustache. is professional. <laughs> have been straight-laced, serious wrestlers who like to throw people. <laughs> and he's living. Like, I I I, li- I literally do not care. So as long as as long as Alex Coughlin just gets to do that, and as long as um Uemura gets to do some really cool like shoot style stuff, that'd be great. I love Team <laughs> Japan. Actually, I've been. It's really, pretty good. I mean, I'm, Dojo I'm not... has really been getting clutch lately with the. With I the mean, Uemura has been on a massive rise, and I I thought ever since I first saw him making his young lion matches, I thought he was great. Coughlin's yeah. obviously brilliant. If you haven't seen him, watch his match in DPWs. Fucking awesome. Was it suplex Calvin Tankman? Yes, please. He, he, he managed to gut wrench suplex fucking Calvin Tankman. <laughs> like, deadlift. <laughs> it's based. Uh, DKC and Kevin Knight, I don't know too much about. I've seen a couple Kevin Knight matches. <laughs> but, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm generally quite impressed. On to the next match. Zack Sabre Jr. versus a mystery opponent handpicked by Brian Danielson. So now my prediction is going to be, who do you think the mystery opponent is? So for ZSJ to take uh, Brian's place, I love the fact that I certainly, I, I certainly, the past couple of days became a bit viral when I said in my dreams, Daniel's talking, uh, Brian's talking about Nigel McGuinness. I mean, look, right, that would be the most based match. Talking about the two guys who put British wrestling on the map in just, America. Just- just <laughs> you, you know it writes itself doesn't it it really it really does <laughs> if nigel wasn't contracted with wwe and 
he's always and here's the thing, right, everybody, before you get on to me about this about being impossible, he's been clear to compete for Wrestle for years. He's been ever since what happened tonight happened. It was only a few months after what had happened, he was clear to wrestle. So he's okay to wrestle if he would so choose to ever step in the ring again. I'd love it. Honestly, though, I'm thinking Claudio. Yeah, I've been hearing that. Swiss? I think Swiss. I I think that's I think that's the most logical thing there. I mean, because because the thing I liked was where he he Danielson referenced obviously referenced Eddie Kingston as well. Yes, and I'm like that makes sense. They have a history. <laughs> they do. When it come when it comes to heroes of the um, you know, the indie scene at the time, I think. Cesaro is the obvious the Claudio is the obvious choice so I like it consider the following however <laughs> the most indie man you could have possible Chris Hero <laughs> yes god I'd love that so much because it's like those two have an incredible history together both ZSJ and Chris Hero and they put on belters of matches <laughs> so I'd love to see it Honest to goodness, I'd just love the most there. indie match possible. Mm. It'd get uh, over. <laughs> it'd get over. That's damn sure. That's a it's a good shout, Dan. But my yeah. my, my brain does says Claudio. I don't know. Mm. A lot of people um, have also said uh, Gresh. I wouldn't be too. Yeah, I, I don't. Be, nah, I don't think the thing. The key part is I don't think Gresh is doing blood and guts. Exactly. I don't think. I don't think either. he's doing that. Johnny Gargano is a name as well, although. It's like it's not. I mean, I don't mind. I don't. It. I don't mind it. I just don't think it's the place. Exactly. It's not that I wouldn't mind seeing Johnny in AEW. I just don't think this is the. If they were doing it through the Owen Hart tournament, yeah. Mm. But I, I don't think. I don't think this is the time. Although to be fair, I think he'd do a banger job in Blood and Guts. Clearly, did a banger job when he did um, War Games. Yeah. War Games. Uh, Chris Jericho, Minoru Suzuki, and Sammy Guevara versus Les Sex Gods. <laughs> no, I'm never calling him that in my life. Ugh. I have too much respect for myself. <laughs> or I can do the under Chris Jericho, Minoru Suzuki, and Sammy Guevara <laughs> uh, versus Eddie Kingston, Shota Umino, and uh, Wheelie Yuda. I love it. It's Eddie and John Moxley's kids versus yeah, Terry Eddie Eddie Kingston is literally the fun uncle. Yes, <laughs> in this match, it's, for me, I'd love. I, I part of me thinks it's going to Jericho Guevara and Suzuki, but my God, I just want to see. I want to see Wheelie Yuta and Shooter absolutely wreak havoc in this match. I want. I want Shooter and Shooter and Yuta. Oh my god! Shooter and uh, to ju- literally just like slap up Chris Jericho. <laughs> to be right. fair, and I want—I mean, I want Eddie Kingston to back for Sammy Guevara, but that's a separate point. <laughs> yeah. Um, my money is on Eddie winning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because Chris Jericho, in this late stage of his career, has just decided that he needs to die and yes. this would be a good way for chris jericho to eliminate five years off of his life 
I mean, give it this way. This is I I truly believe this is Jericho's best work in AEW. This yeah. with Eddie has been his best work. And it's amazing what he can do when he's put up against another person that uh, I'm gonna say takes the aspects of wrestling more seriously than Chris Jericho does. Yeah, and I I do feel like this is a time for Eddie to win it more than the time for Chris yeah. to win it. So I'm gonna I'm gonna put my stake on Eddie. Okay. Uh, the Bullet Club, Hikuleo, El Fantasma, and the AEW Tag Team Champions, the Young Bucks, versus Dudes with Attitude, <laughs> which is Darby Allen and Sting. And for, some re- and for some reason, tagging with Los Ingobo and Hobbley's Dejapon, Shingo Takagi and Hiromu Takahashi. Right, can we, just, can we just say right now that Dudes with Attitudes is the best tag team name ever? But okay, but hear me out on this. I would have preferred it more if it, for some reason, if it was two dudes with attitude. (laughs) (laughs) Or perhaps radical dudes with attitude. Yes. Now here comes the bigger point. What the fuck do LIJ have to do with this? (laughs) I have no idea, but I love the fact. What the fuck does anyone in this match have to do with any of this? Again, aside from the fact that Darby Allen and Sting have at one point crossed paths with the Young Bucks. I literally looking at this match when someone asks for a prediction, it's just question marks. I have no idea. This this, Sam Sam will get this joke. This is literally fucking. when you're doing like the E-Fed booking games. Oh, f- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ah, this, 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 is a, this is a WWE 2K universe mode, four years in the future booked match. And suddenly Seth Rollins walks out for the interference halfway through the match. I get you. Literally, get literally. Like this is this is the point that this is the point that we're at with this. Again, I have no idea, nor do I think this has any reflection on anything important whatsoever. Agreed. But Agreed. all I care about is that Shingo wins because it's Shingo. I agree. I agree. That's the only stake I have in this match. <laughs> I have a feeling it's probably going to be PC uh, and, and the young and the Bucks, but um... Hiromu's probably going to like twist his ankle or something. Ah, come on. I like Hiromu. The fact that he's been a bit injury prone is been... He's too he's too busy having New Japan management come back to him and say it's time for another junior heavyweight run. Oh. <laughs> oh, uh, I just want Sting to come out either with in his as surface Sting because you know dudes of attitude or he comes out as Wolfpack Sting. If he comes out as Wolfpack Sting that would be awesome, but surface Sting would be even better. Yeah, <laughs> just because we're so far removed from surfacing at this point. I mean, dudes with attitudes. That is so yeah. 1989. I mean, radical I dudes of attitude would have been would have been like tipping it over the edge, and we would have all thought that's that that, is, that's like that's like that's like mid nineties. That is bleached flat top sting coming. <laughs> this is what the world of wrestling can give us. Okay. Um. IWGP United States heavyweight t- heavyweight title match. It is Orange Cassidy versus Billy Fishhawk. Uh, um, okay, um, so Will, I don't care if it's kayfabe or you know in character, but seriously, mate, um, your build on Twitter has been a bit shitty, if you ask me. 
Uh, maybe that is just me saying that, but it's no, nah, that ain't that ain't it, Chief. Like, if I speak, I am in big trouble. Uh, so I prefer not to speak. Me neither. Yeah. Um, I think Will's retaining this because this is an IWGP match. But yeah, um, yeah, I would have loved to have seen Orange Cassidy win this. Hey, though, Orange I, uh, Orange Cassidy in New Japan strong. <laughs> Let's go. Let's go. Um. AEW Women's World Title Match: Tony Storm versus Thunder Rosa. Um, the only stake I have in this match is if Tony Storm wins, and then that opens up the door for Stardom talent to start working in AEW. Yes, please. I'd otherwise, like- I could not. Otherwise, I could really not care um, as much because they really haven't done great at the build to this. They really haven't, and that's the bloody biggest shame about all of this. Um, maybe this. I'm starting to think maybe this would be this this match that. I think this might be. I, I'm gonna go Tony Storm because I'd like to see more stardom talent come in. I don't know. I'm just. I'm just thinking. Like, obviously, like you know, they do. They run that. Tony Storm wins, and then I, I Mayu Iwatani just appears. And it's just like it's been a while, hasn't it? <laughs> Time to destroy your neck again. <laughs> Yes, and then, and then like obviously people then people then go on Twitter and they're like, oh my god, I can't believe they didn't tell me who this is with like five 20 minute vignettes, mm. um, and then all of that, and then like why should I care? You know the the the, the normal run of things. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, the winner takes all triple threat tag team title match, um, featuring the. Ring of Honor World Tag Team Champions FTR versus the IWGP Tag Team Champions, the United Empire, made up of Jeff Cobb and the Great O'Khan versus Rapongi Vice, Trent Beretta, and Rocky Romero. The winners will leave with the ROH and IWGP Tag Titles. First, this is going to be a this this has all the makings of being a really good triple threat tag match. Yes, uh, I just so happen to think I think FTR might take it. You know. I actually have this. It's got that kind of vibe to it, don't it? Yeah. I think the spe- the specifying that they're getting both. <laughs> Maybe they will pull the ultimate swerve, and it will be Rapongi Vice. But I mean, I wouldn't mind seeing Trent and Rock. I'm not mad at it. I'm not mad at it at all. Um, but Dax and like I, like, like I said, such... like I said with the with the end with the New Japan Dojo one. As long as I get to see Jeff Cobb just like suplex people about, I really don't care. Agreed, agreed. I thought Dax and Cash have been on such a tear this year. They have yeah. really, really come into their own this year. Because uh, it was a bit rocky of, of of a real rocky start when they started. Because it was like they were already thrusted into that position, especially when there was no one there as well really yeah. hindered them but i'm really glad that they've gone on to you know <clears throat> be uh you know triple a tag champs and now rh tag champs and then they've just put them they've just carved their niche and they're slowly going back up there and it's working it's working tremendously for the pair of them so i think I, honestly yeah i think fdr might do it you know I think I think I think FTR. Although I think the 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 informed pick is Rapongi Vice. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, like to to be honest, this match could be ten minutes of just Jeff Cobb and the Great Ocon just suplexing people, and I would be perfectly happy. Mm. Yeah, 
Yeah, I would as well. I mean, like I said, I've kind of come on onto liking the Great Okan. I haven't I liked them before. I don't know. I would never have thought, like, this time last year that I would be like, Great Okan's not that bad. Wait, yeah, like, he's actually, he's actually showed demonstrable improvement. Like, <laughs> also, he really enjoyed himself in Las Vegas, which won yes, he did. Over, so make of that what you want. Anyway, uh, the main, <clears throat> not the, eh, that's what I say, the main event. No. <laughs> The fatal four-way for the IWGP World Heavyweight title with the champion Angry Kiwi, Jay White, versus Adam Page versus Adam Cole versus Kazuchika Okada. First question. The, or first statement, I should say. This doesn't need to be a four-way. It doesn't need to be a four-way at all, but it is. And this... that's so New Japan. <laughs> yeah, oh, Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, my I, my money was always thinking this was going to be Jay White versus Hangman Page. It would have been great. I think the setup of it, of it would have been awesome. Adam Cole is a bit weird on this one because Adam's working injured in this event. So hopefully, I he's... mean, I think, I think, I think with this, it was literally their thing of like <laughs> as dumb as it sounds. They're just like, yeah, we're getting Okada on this card somehow. Yeah, I mean, look, the pop for him. Um, at Dynamite, I guess proof enough alone. They kind of needed Okada for this event. <laughs> and I guess, I, I, I guess, you know, like, pay. How do I frame this? Okada naturally has a problem with Jay White. Mm-hmm. And then Adam Cole, Page, and Jay White all have an interplay between themselves. Yeah. <laughs> so it kind of does make sense in a way. I, I'm not justifying the decision at all. It's so it's still dumb because, uh, like Jay, because like Jay White said, Adam Cole's lost three times at this point. Yes, yes. <laughs> like, and, what the uh, fuck is this man doing here? <laughs> also, may I just raise a point as well? Is that internet? Can you stop being so angry at Adam Cole? All of a sudden, the people who started to love uh, who loved him are now being really angry at him. I can't understand why. Also, they're taking uh, it, out of context. It's, it's, image still from being the elite and making it look oh look he's a skinny run and i'm like where no, it's two years look, ago right people people are doing the whole they're starting up the whole size debate i yeah. literally went through this with my mates the other day <laughs> and here's the key point i don't care <laughs> meaning <laughs> i <laughs> literally just that video where she goes don't care don't care still don't care yeah. Literally, just just play that back like twenty times. Anyway, my prediction: Jay White wins. Kiwi superiority. Yes, wholeheartedly agree. <clears throat> Jay White. This might be no. This might be his best world heavyweight title run. If they oh, it has easy. It has easy. It has easy potential to be, and I'm fairly sure they will keep the title on him. Hell, he's appeared on daytime TV in the US. <laughs> He's getting over. I like that's, seeing Jay White get over. That's, that's like, the sign. I like people finally seeing the light of what I've known for years. Jay, Jay White, White made it to Breakfast TV. Breakfast TV. If you live in the UK, you know how important that is. I, well, to a certain extent, anyway. To a certain extent, anyway. <laughs> the Fatal 4-Way for the inaugural AEW All-Atlantic title Miro versus Pac versus Malachi Black versus Clark Connors replacing the injured Tomohiro Ishii Pac Pac, Pac, Pac for this one I think, I think the pivot of this is you have you have 
I think you have Malachi Black win. Mm. Follow me on this. <laughs> Malachi Black wins. Miro cuts another promo about his god forsaking him, and then he literally has a he actually has a series against Malachi Black where he threatens to kill pagans. I mean, oh book yes, it. book it. Because I'm just saying, in his promo, when he says his god forsaken him, and he said, "I'll take on the bastard and the pagan." I mean, <laughs> I mean, what Miro needs to do is just show up in in like just wearing a golden like you know you know the uh you know the Renly Baratheon like mm. horn horn mm. crown. Just show up with that, screaming about how he is their god now, and then just beating the shit out of people. And it will make all of the money. Yes. It, it, it will make all of my money, at least. All of like, my is, is, this, this is a pathway to just printing money. <laughs> it really is. It really, oh, man. Miro versus Malachi Black is a rival. Or oh, can you play, Kemp? Can we just, just run it? Run it all like, stuff. like, literally, just have him, just have him cutting whole promos where he's just talking about like Malachi Black making a fake church and like <laughs> how he's gonna bring salvation to them. Just, oh. It is gonna be, it will be brilliant. Oh yes, I want that. And look, right, if Pack, if Pack wins, we get a Miro versus Pack series, which is just gonna be work rate central. Absolutely, talking yeah. of work rate, let's not let's not understate it. Uh, I like actually that Clark Connors was replacing Key in this match, considering that was the uh, New Japan. Yeah, he was the, he was the man that he faced. Uh, I, I, I'm I'm ha- I'm happy that he's getting this platform because Clark Connors. Oh yeah, no, I'm happy. I'm happy. I'm happy he's getting a place. Obviously, he's been doing some quiet work over in New Japan Strong. Hmm. Um, but, uh, I, 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 think, I think the I think the thing is though, after seeing this match filled in and having Ishii in it, it's it's impacted it. <laughs> It has. It is a shame because I would have loved to have seen Miro and Ishii kicking his butt head. I want to see my. I want to. I want to see my favorite human cement block. <laughs> Two human cement blocks hitting each other. We all wanted to see that. Alas, in awe at the size of the lads. <laughs> <laughs> but um, alas. Yeah. Alas. Anyway, to our main event. The interim AEW world title match, John Moxley versus Hiroshi Tanahashi. <laughs> I, I mean, surely the setup here is Tanahashi versus CM Punk. <laughs> now, here's what I... If it weren't for CM Punk being <laughs> injured... Well, if yeah. CM Punk being injured, I think second to only Punk run this year of how good he's been. John Moxley's been second. John Moxley has been one of the best wrestlers. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, me, it's thoroughly deserved that he's here in this position. Oh, yeah. I agree with you, though. I think they're going to pivot to Tanner being champion. I think, I, th- I, think you, I think you run CM Punk versus Tanahashi, right? At all, at all, well, if Punk is ready for All Out, then it only seems logical. All that being a Chicago, I don't know. I'm just trying to think because all that being a Chicago is, is the is the is the natural conclusion. <laughs> um, on the other hand, what's the next big New Japan show? G one. Hmm. Okay. The finals of the G one climax. <laughs> and that's August time. Um, Let me have a think. That would be, but that would be my only. That would be my kind of. Um, 
shout. All right, give me, be. give me a moment. Because uh, that's bit, already the finals. Remember, Budokan, Budokan Hall. Yeah, it's big. You know, you're getting, you know, the finals of the course of uh, the finals as well. But you want a big, you want a big hook for that as well to a Western audience. <laughs> okay. Khan versus Tanahashi for the AEW Championship. Let me, let me, let me have a look. Let me have a look because. Uh... And then the winner of the G1 climax comes out and challenges Road. challenges the winner. Which I, yeah. which, which I, I, there's part of me that's like, you know what? I actually kind of want to be so that's, yeah, that, that's, <laughs> that's, that's August. Mm-hmm. Um, could, could you imagine that? <laughs> Wilfie yeah. Tom Morla, winner of the G1 climb. I mean, that would be awesome. I mean, I mean, look, yeah, I mean, that's, just... that's around August time. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's not that's not unreasonable. We shall see. We shall see. <laughs> anyway, that's actually wait, no, I haven't yeah, I think we're we're all saying Tanahashi. <laughs> what do you think, Tanahashi. Yeah. What do I think? What do I think? So much of this is dependent on when on when CM Punk will be ready to return. So yeah. much of this is dependent on that. And I think while the Tanahashi thing has merit, I'm actually going to say John Moxley only because if for some reason, let's say worst case scenario, CM Punk can't return. Worst case scenario. Yeah. Mm-hmm. John Moxley just being the champion makes a little more sense to me. Yes. No, no, no. Absolutely as like a protection. To be fair, John yeah. Moxley versus CM Punk's not a bad idea. Yeah, right? exactly. <laughs> exactly. I feel like the risk reward. Yeah. It's it's so high for Tanahashi. I gotta go for John. I maybe I'm wrong. Hopefully it no, all works that's out. Fine. That's, that's absolutely fine. That's what I gotta go that for. That is us done with the news lovely lovely stuff oh man looking forward to forbidden door we'll see what happens but before we get there <clears throat> freedom recommendation corner sir what do you have for us you know guys how do you feel about old episodes of bojack horseman <laughs> go <Pretty good>. on <laughs> uh Due to current events, uh, my my recommendation is the Bojack Horseman episode, Brat Brat Pew Pew, for mm. no particular reason. Yeah. Mm. 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 No, 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 it's, it's, uh, that is certainly an episode, I'll tell you about that. certainly an episode, what? for no reason. <laughs> no reason. What's subject to cartoons? I must give a little recommendation to give us a butthead do the universe. I was genuinely surprised by how good that was. Can't believe that actually exists. Can't believe that. We got a second B with the butthead film. Weird. Weird. <laughs> you can tell Mike Judge was just having the time of his life. Just going, fire! Fire! <laughs> Sorry, I, I have every time I think about it. I yeah, it's right. It's only right. Also, also fuck you, John Blood. <laughs> Fire! Fire! 
<laughs> so, with that, it is time to get on to our main portion of the episode. The lovable, lovable Effie Gibbs. Oh, I've been so I've been so excited to talk about Effie, like you would not believe. So basically, this is going to be less of a retrospective and more of a me and Dan trying to explain to Reardon why Effie or why Effie is Effie. Yes, nah, yes. Read, which we're going to try to explain, but I get the feeling that Reardon's going to understand. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. I guess the first question is posed to you. What, Effie, your thoughts? <laughs> My thoughts are, this is a name that Dan and Sam have been screaming at me for a few weeks. So, what do you got for me, fellas? Well, one of the most flat, one of the most flamboyant wrestlers who also happens to be a master at deathmatch wrestling comes out in the most glorious of hot neon pink spiked glycogen yep. over, over trunks with the words daddy over his crotch. Go on. We should also <laughs> we should should also say that uh, Sam, do you want to elaborate on what uh, Effie's entrance music is? Oh gosh, <laughs> do I have to do it? Do oh. it, and I think you might. I think you might. Uh... No, please, go on. No, I can't, I can't do it. No, please, you. T- <laughs> uh. So Effie uh, enters to the ring uh, accompanied by Elton John. <laughs> nice, nice, nice. I mean, come on. That's. I mean, what else would you go for when your nickname is the Weapon of Sash Destruction? Which Elton John? Uh, goodbye, Yellow Brick Road. <laughs> tight, tight, tight. Okay. Uh, Effie has also been known to enter at various points... Uh, during his tag team uh, with Alley Cat, which is known as Bussy. Um, and they, uh, come to, they come to the ring accompanied uh, by WAP, by Cardi B. Because of course they do. Wow, 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 they've just... Okay, continue, continue, continue. You, have my... you so, definitely have my attention. What have we got? The tale of one Effie, also known as Effie Gibbs, but or we, but more commonly known uh, in his real world as Taylor Gibson, started wrestling back. Well, started training, I should say, back in 2014. Trained by Steve Hetrick, who is a well-known um, trainer and wrestler in the Florida area. Started in I... 2014 under the name of Effie Gibbs and was a straight-laced wrestler, kind of like your kind of startup guy. Not much to to, to the person. They, you know, they started out. They're trying to find their character when starting. Yeah. It's a quick point. I I was begging reality for you to to say Austin at the end of that with that Steve. I me was, too. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, there was a part of me that was like, "Damn it! I really want to say Steve Austin because <laughs> it's full circle after that." Unfortunately, yeah. not. So he would plunder around. In the in in uh, well, when he started in the local scene uh, at, at promotions such as SWA, CCW, NWA Southwest, AWN, and SPW, kind of making a name for himself here, there, and everywhere. 
building his building and building his character up until uh, until one day he decided to fully embrace who he was. But it did actually come at the expense of some really dark times for him. Um, uh, it was he's been well documented, and this is as he said in subsequent interviews, he had quite a, a, a cult and a uh, time where he had addiction issues. Um, and it was it's it when reading about it, it was actually quite horrific what had happened to him. Is that he um, ended up drinking and taking eight hits of LSD, um, which. which Ended yeah. up in hospital, and that's when he decided to change his life, turn it around, and become. And I believe to this day he is still uh, sober. Uh, yes, still clean, still sober to this very day. He took um, eight hits of what the hell? Yeah, he, 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 uh, he he was bumping. <laughs> he was, and 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 then some. Um, as he as he reminisced in an interview for uh, into more.com. Turns out getting hit in the face is probably twice as fun as getting drunk when he decided to press start wrestling. <laughs> it was actually I generally during... tend to agree with that statement. Uh, it turns out though, during when he was starting to train and you know, get building his name as well as coming into newfound sobriety, that is when he started to fully embrace who he was. And that's actually the first time he came out to his parents after all of that had happened. He decided to come out to his parents. And and then decided to start fully adopting more kind of more more you know becoming more himself just the more as as you hear so many times from so many wrestlers me turned up to eleven is what my gimmick and character is and yeah, that yeah. could not be any more true for for Effie so that is when he decided to wear fishnet tights over uh, under his trunks because it was like. A, it's a way to get him over, and B, and during this time, especially because he was in Florida, it actually became a massive heat magnet. Oh yeah, that would do it. Yeah, I mean, we should, yeah, we should, we should, we should. It's, I guess it's worth mentioning the point. I believe Effie also used to wrestle around like the Deep South, <laughs> and <laughs> use this and use that character. As he said, it, look, I had no other choice but to be a heel because. Do you really yeah. think that they would cheer for a gay wrestler? Yeah, yeah. It's kind of the unfortunate, you know, the unfortunate truth. Then again, what else are you going to do when you have to wrestle in Alabama? Exactly. Like, like if you're gonna look, if you're gonna be the heel, you might as well be fucking maleficent about it. Yeah. I will say, during his time in Alabama in the South or in the South, he did end up being in what I like to think is. One of the most batshit gonzo insane tournaments I've ever heard. Yes. The Softcore Cup. <laughs> this one though was the second in the second iteration of the Softcore Cup, known as the Triple X Adult. <laughs> where he ended up being in the first round, <laughs> teaming up with Ken the Blow Up Dolls, because please and White Mike. What the wait? <laughs> you just have? Did you now, take? Now, did you take eight hits of LSD? What? Now, respectfully, I I feel like I know and think about my wrestling to a good degree. 
A, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. B, I'm fairly sure you just said words I know next to each other. Yes, yes, that's pretty but much... Also uh, free. In amongst all of that, what, what was the key point of White Mike? No idea. I think the thing that Mike blows my mind is this took place in Alabama. So, is there... No, no, actually, you know, I got a further to this point. Further to this point. White Mike, is there a... Is there a black mic? Is there is that is that the thing? Is there more mics in the company? Do we need and do we need to enter the mic verse? Yeah, yeah. Like, guys, what's sorry, the mic what? law? What? Guys, may I, just, I just I just want to say right. <laughs> I before but like before you you take this way too seriously. Just know that White Mike is a comedy wrestler. <laughs> okay. No, I know. I I. I... That that point I assume was fully established by the soft core cup triple X edition. Uh, <laughs> um and, and oh, really I mean, I, shout I, out to really whoever was running like shout out to the person that was running that in Alabama. Really I assume like they this. had to dress it in all the trappings of it being as straight as possible. Oh, absolutely. and definitely not gay at all. Absolutely. <laughs> uh Rid's really not gonna like this. From North Carolina, but his first gimmick was Bike Jordan. Oh no, no, <laughs> no! It wasn't a basketball gimmick, but just you know. Uh, okay. Break if that. I, you I can't lie. I got, I got the, I got the shakes and the fear of God in me when you said <laughs> that his first gimmick was Mike Jordan. <laughs> Fortunately, it wasn't a basketball gimmick. Thank God for that. But no, yeah. Effie would lean a little more into doing more kind of like outlandish gimmick matches it was the thing that he got over and suddenly he was building more and more support from the lgbt community which is always awesome to see but effie really wouldn't hit kind of a much more wider audience until 2018 where he appeared of would it have been 20 i think it might have been 2018 20 no guess 2018 where he started yeah. becoming a little bit more wide known in the american scene he would take part in um in lgbt centric events across america he'd end up <clears throat> appearing at fest wrestling eventually winning the fest wrestling championship and holding that title for quite a uh, quite a significant time through twenty eight late 2018, 2019. Mm-hmm. Sorry, my voice is going. Apologies for that, you think. It was then that, of course, in 2019, that he would make his debut in Game Changer Wrestling during Joey Janela's spring break in the Clusterfuck Battle Royal, which... Which, as we've already established, is one of the greatest <laughs> match formats. Which... Yes. Not only included Effie, but also included A-Kid, Eric Cannon, Brian Pillman Jr., Chris Dickinson, Colby Carino, Crowbar, (laughs) S.A. Rios, Ethan Page. Okay, yeah, that's fair. I've done that. The Grim Reefer. Oh, my... My... my, uh... Oh, who is it that hates Grim Reefer? I can't remember. It's one of my friends hates him. Not me. Yep. A homicide. Okay, yeah. Joe Casey. Okay. okay. Yeah. JTG. Based. Kikataro. Of course. Masashi Takeda. Wait, what? Nick Gage. 
<laughs> NWO Sting. <laughs> Tracy Smothers. And Swoggle. You know. Where does NWO Sting come into this? No, 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 no. See, those names you just listed off is just a combination of people I have no idea existed <laughs> until just now, and people where I'm like, of course he's fucking in this. <laughs> wait. Of course they're in this goddamn match. Wait, wait. <laughs> okay, okay. So I'm looking at this, right? <laughs> and you said NWO Sting, and I had no idea what the hell you meant. So I It was Imposter Sting, yeah. <laughs> It was imposter sting, but are you ready for the most cursed thing that I found out of this? It's his name, isn't it? No. Oh no! I mean, obviously, we're here and we have we have Jeff Farmer. <laughs> it's not the Jeff Farmer though. Uh, the, uh, he had a match in 2020, <laughs> which and I which and I quote Tatsumi Fujinami and Yoshiaki Fujiwara defeat Keiji Muto and Super J. What the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck? Oh, I also add as well, rest in peace to the dude, but Shad Gaspard was also in that battle royal as well. Oh, goodness gracious. So Christ this is, I did this report. Is, this, is, this is the thing that I... Like... With, with with these independent matches that have these battle royales, I'm just like, what is going on? <laughs> I mean, they said it would be a clusterfuck, and uh, it, it fucking is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true for an advertising right there. <laughs> so Effie, that was Effie's first appearance in GCW, and it would be a little bit of time later after WrestleMania weekend. It's actually July time that he would make he would reappear back in GCW. But not before, may I add, just saying, having an amazing match at Rise, uh, facing off against Shotzi Blackheart. Really good Hell match, yeah. by the way. Hell yeah. I highly recommend that. Oh, and also at Black Label Pro, Effie, yeah. Danhausen ended up defeating Effie. <laughs> oh, we should say the tag team of Effie and Danhausen is called Gaetanic Panic. And it's amazing. <laughs> I I I don't even know what to fucking say. Goths are for the gays. That is incredible. <laughs> so Effie's debut singles match in GCW with the GCW lights out the basement east in Nashville, Tennessee, and he went up against Orange Cassidy. It was meant to be, honestly. Yeah, honestly, like it was meant to be. And it is a tremendous match. As I would expect. So Effie during this time playing playing his uh, craft, working as much as he possibly can, building up a huge following at DCW. It culminates in his popularity skyrocketing in August the thirtieth in a co- joined combined show between Black Label Pro and GCW, where for the GCW World Championship match in a death match, Effie. Goes up against champion Nick fucking Gates. <laughs> now, if you've seen even a smidge of this match, which you probably would have if you've watched the Nick Gage Dark Side of the Ring episode, you know just how violent this match got. <laughs> yes. Yes. And how 
awesome it was to see Effie not only take all of that, but to be absolutely beloved by the audience in that match. It was almost, dare I say, a, a an Austin Hart WrestleMania 13. Literally, it kind of like that in a weird way. <laughs> but it absolutely put Effie on the map and became a huge turning point for him in his career. Not only would he have another death match against Schlag at the Halloween Fright Fest. We'll skip over that one. We will. Yeah. But the one I want to talk about is at the end of the year, he ends up win- uh, going up and winning against Eddie Kingston. <laughs> it was meant to be. Hang the fuck on. Hang the fuck on. In a tremendous yeah. match, my Hang the Hang the fuck. No, 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 no. Don't, 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 don't pretend to fucking skip over that. What the fuck was Eddie Kingston doing there? In GCW? Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, 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 good Lord. That, wow, okay. It just makes sense now, doesn't it? No, no, not really. But it's confusing. He was also in the NWA as well. Like, it it yeah. makes sense in a... In a timeline period. Yeah, but the concept of of Eddie King Eddie Kingston and then like the embodiment of gayness in wrestling. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't make Okay. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna accept that. Alright. It's, it's crazy to think at this time with his popularity so high in GCW that the year or a couple of years prior when he decided to fully kind of embrace being like openly gay and incorporating that into his character, he lost so many bookings because of it. Yeah, but I mean, that that's just a comment on the state of the US. Yeah. I, I agree. And it would, track for, it would track for the UK at the time as well. Also, yeah. I forget to mention as well that uh, at the end of 2019, uh, Effie actually ended up challenging for the WCW Big Bowl in a losing effort. But... Yeah. It's GCW, don't worry about it. <laughs> don't okay. worry. They've also fought for the ACW Television Championship, so, you know, don't worry about it, really. <laughs> <I>... <laughs> with, uh, with a great 2020 start to 2020, which also saw him going up against Gangrel. Again, the American independent scene is uh, a place. And a no con a match that ended in no contest for the IWTV championship in a in a really good match against Warhorse. Shout out Warhorse. What a guy. This was all culminating, of course, for the net that year's WrestleMania and Effie's big gay run. First event that he was able to be producer and book book for. Unfortunately, it didn't happen. Because what happened at the beginning of 2020, General? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A that thing. thing. <laughs> so we missed out on having not only Effie run an event like that, not only did we miss Nick Gage being <laughs> but we also missed Steeing in America for one of the very first times, Razor Ramon Hard Gay. Oh, oh, that's, oh, that's, ang- oh, that's made me angry. We look with, with with what happened in 2020. We we always look back on the things that we were robbed off. That's... Of 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 which, frankly, the fact that we missed out on the opportunity of 
Nick Gage being booked in a battle royale where the winner won lube. <laughs> I agree. I'm very like, angry. That's, that's, that's madness. Also, we I... also lost out on Orange Cassidy versus Minoru Suzuki, and I, I don't care. We're getting that one day. It has to happen. I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Repeat that. Um, uh, for Joey Janela's spring break, they booked Minoru Suzuki versus Orange Cassidy, and we never got it. Yeah. Fucking COVID, man. What's... I know. This is what oh, I mean. God. This this is Honest. what we fucking lost. Honest, <clears throat> God, man. It's so, it's still, like, I know we're like two years removed from it all happened, and it's still, for me, a little bit feels like yesterday, but I'm still fucking angry <laughs> that we didn't get that. <laughs> so angry that we didn't get that. But, but, of course, with everything that shut down, wrestling shows were very few and far between. We all know this. Eventually, Effie would make spots, sporadic spots here, there, and everywhere. There was the collective uh, weekend during the, the summer. Uh, we had Ali Cat, Ali Cat and Effie in a really great match as well. We also had these, the 2020 version of Battle Royal, which, uh, which Effie was a part of. So that was eventually... I, 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 I remember um, specifically Kung Fu Janela being in there. <laughs> oh what so do you want the 2020 clusterfuck battle royale i remember kung fu, a kung fu janela being there uh i think it was um, web that won that match i believe but as well uh, as some 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 notable names include uh calvin tankman mm-hmm. cassandro yep uh who else have we got in there who's yeah kung fu janela marco stunt oh i forgot fucking Yoshihiko uh, was in this match. <laughs> Just... Yoshihiko, but also Shark Boy. <laughs> yeah, the world's most dangerous professional wrestler, the Invisible Man. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, weird. But at least I would say, as we get more and more into this year, that Fe only really kind of doubled down on it and not only did he caution and make an aim in GCW finally hosting Big Gay Brunch which saw our favourite waifu kid bandit be a part of mm-hmm. not only that but we also saw Max the Impaler shout outs to Max fucking awesome seeing them hell yeah AEW. Uh, the main event of Big Gay Brunch 2022 was Effie versus Pimpinella Escalata which if you've not seen was a truly tremendous match. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Also, in that week as well, may I not forget during Mania Week, we also got Effie versus Minoru Suzuki. <laughs> Which was a... <clears throat> it was a match, but, like, everything you could have kind of wanted it to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, so not only, of course, playing his name in GCW, but also making his name in Joy Wrestling. By the way, I would say at this moment is probably one of my favorite American indies at the moment is in oh, wrestling. They are great. They they have so much good stuff on there. Enjoy. And honestly, great <laughs> value is that they do they, they show their shows on YouTube as well, which is crazy. Yeah. And I just love the fact that they do that. Amazing. Uh, the, the what he's been able to do with Ali Catch and MV Young in the past mm. year and so has been tremendous to see uh and yeah. i love it i love seeing 
it just makes me laugh that we are in a world where we've had Effie and Stephanie Sterling in the same ring. Yes. <laughs> this is this is this is the power of wrestling. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> oh, it's just, it's, it just it just warms the cockles of your heart, doesn't it? It oh, does. Absolutely. It genuinely does. And like I said, obviously, everything Enjoy's been doing has been so awesome. I would, if there was any chance that we could, like, like Pennsylvania area to go to an Enjoy show, there you go, Raiden. Okay, we were talking off. We were talking Pennsylvania. Off it all comes full circle. You'll be able to go to an Enjoy wrestling show sooner rather than later. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I mean, also, I think the thing I have to conceptualize is that. This year, Effie had a match with Jeff Jarrett. Yes. <laughs> in the Hammerstein Ballroom. <laughs> of all places. And one of surprise rivalry, if I, if I can say so, with a returning to the ring Jeff Jarrett in DCW speaking of Effie. In and then really... that, that, that was followed up by the match between Effie and Brian Keith. Yes. <laughs> like, I... what? This by man. the way, Jeff Jarrett with one of the most violent guitar smashes I've ever seen. He, oh, it's he, actually grim. He smashed Effie over the head with it, and rather than kind of pulling off the He dragged guitar, him by his neck. He dragged him by his neck. <laughs> like, I know, like, the like, Lone Rider, all clad in black cowboy Jeff Jarrett, but goddamn, Double Jeff. <laughs> we loved you, Jeff, but damn. Jeff, Jeff has been listening to the podcast, and uh, he is—he's um, a little upset, and he's taking it out on people. I get the feeling that may, that might be the case. <laughs> if, that, if that is the I case, I think we might have made a mistake, fellas. Is that the case? I here, I, I'd like to speak for the Sweet Chinwag Podcast, Jeff. If you're happening to be listening, we're not apologizing. Ah. <laughs> uh, uh. Gosh, and so Effie, of course, now in probably one of the most most infamous or famous tag teams in in indie wrestling, wherever you see it, Bussy. I just just I just love I just love the fact that Ali Catch and Effie are in a tag team, and as you said, they come out to, to whack. Look, right. I think it's the natural conclusion of like the the queer wrestling world. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That eventually this eventually this would be the case. And frankly, I think the wrestling industry is better for it. Oh, yeah. I mean right Especially back... not especially not just for the fact that it, it challenges people that go and see them to like I'm gonna say address psychological whiplash, but it really isn't. Hmm. I mean, when you think about that they are currently the GCW tag champions, the Briscoe brothers to win the champions. Yes. <laughs> that's just all you need to know about how good Bussy are. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Also, may I just not may I just add as well, this year, of all the matches he also had during this time, he also had a match against PCO. <laughs> yeah, but PCO gets everywhere at this point. <laughs> Mate, I feel like we need to do Even in even in, even in places where I'm gonna say I don't necessarily think I needed to see him. <laughs> yeah. And you know what the thing is? I don't mind him not. I don't mind him being there. That's the thing. I'm okay with him being there. Brackets at times. At times. <laughs> we have. There is a time. 
We can we can talk we can talk about PCO and like the most absurd career renaissance ever. I feel like someone's <laughs> someone's rating or review of PCO kind of like paints like is like the perfect the perfect description of PCO. PCO is wrestling Solomon Grundy. <laughs> oh my god. And like actually that's I could not think of a more better description. We'll put we'll put that we'll put that in the book for, for the future. Yes, absolutely. But F <laughs> yeah. Right um, now I feel Effie has become such um the 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 figurehead for LGBT um wrestling right now. And I, mean, I think I, mean, I think I think that I think that's the thing. I think that's the thing which I think when we talk about Effie we need to f- is like the, the big point of focus. Mm. He was the one of the very first, not one like not in today's era of wrestling, one of the very first to not be afraid to just uh, you know what? Go, just you know what? Fuck it. I'm gay. I'm gonna incorporate that into my character. Regardless of what happens, I know I'm gonna get booed here, but if I can get cheered here, that's all I can that's all I can ask for. Yeah, and I think that that's that's the thing I I think that when we when we look at what Effie means to the independent scene, it's kind of opened up that it's opened up that door for obviously other people to step through and be like, oh, I'm an openly queer wrestler. Um, I can find my place now. And obviously you need someone to do that because, you know, we can talk about wrestling and how it has a whole litany of history with people who are queer mm-hmm. in any way, shape and form. Mm-hmm. But through what he has been able to do and kind of also in a way through his work addressed, I'm going to say misconceptions mm-hmm. and maybe difficulties that, you know, when you're working in wrestling in the deep in towards the deep South mm-hmm. that you're inevitably going to face about, you know, people questioning you and like why you're here and obviously booing you because you're gay yeah. and being able to just op- upfront address that. But then also to say, like, well, it's kind of that thing of, like, oh, well, if you're not going to give me a space, then I'm just going to make my own one anyway. Fuck you. And that is bloody admirable. <clears throat> and so, you know, going through and doing that. And, like, I don't know where people stand on this on this debate. <laughs> but, like, I found GCW because of Effie. Yeah. In, in, to, a, to a degree. <laughs> And so I think one of the most important things as well is like looking at the looking at what Effie has meant to GCW becoming the power it is now. It can't go. It can't go unnoticed and understated. Um, well, yeah, that, I, I understand. There are people that have been doing GCW shows for for ages, mm. and that's not to take away from any of that and from any of those people and their legacy. It's just that in terms of what GCW means now and what GCW has meant for the independent wrestling scene in terms of promoting openly queer wrestling, you know, when I think about the kind of rise that GCW has had, even in the time that we've been doing this, you know, the amount of confidence that people and promotions have had in terms of booking queer talent because they've, you know, they've been featured on Big Gay Brunch. Mm. That's which has also gone on to influence things like Pollyann Woodstock and the various Enjoy shows, yeah. and you know other other stuff like that has just helped platform people even more. So that now wrestlers like you know 
um, Alley Cat, Shay McCoy, um, Edith Surreal, Dark Sheik, um, et cetera, et cetera, mm. have this place where, you know, tens or tens to hundreds of thousands of people see them at a time and it kind of gives you an, an inescapable thing that like this company which is sitting at kind of we're gonna say like the top of the indie pyramid is so naturally like you on lots of shows you kind of look at it and think well there's someone being booked on that show and they might be like me mm. And I think that's a really understated thing about what's been done. Obviously, there are inherent problems with like GCW and what they've done and their approach and whatever. And like that's a, that's the whole wider discussion. Exactly, exactly. But I think I think the thing you can say, you know, the thing you can say about it is that part of a, a strong part of GCW's growth over the last couple of years can be attributed to the success of Big Gay Brunch and what Big Gay Brunch means to the overall success and visibility of queer wrestling as a whole even if it does annoy people <laughs> exactly and to be fair in a way it kind of should it, oh, exactly exactly i mean i'll say this to people i've never known a wrestling event when watching it uh to have such a massive party atmosphere quite like big Bay brunch has i i, I think i've shout outs to jay rose for doing absolute top here announcing during brunch as well <laughs> he does an amazing but there is i cannot i incomparable in modern day wrestling how much of a party atmosphere that has and it's so cool to freaking see um effie's just the fact that effie's in a position where he is right now completely unheard of would have been i, I dare i even say even 10 years ago would have been completely unheard of mm-hmm. to, but to see it now so freaking awesome so validating as well as well as the fact that he also um promotes our way of thinking and i also had an apparel line called wrestling is gay because ladies and gentlemen and envies i don't know if you noticed it wrestling is gay (laughs) yeah (laughs) okay um and so yeah it's just so freaking cool to see um and I, I, I've always enjoyed it, if you ask me. I've always... It's just so cool to see someone like that. Um, and not only just kind of not... Because there have been... I'll say this now. I won't name names. There have been certain wrestlers in the past that have been you know, openly you know, out there in LGBT that would rather bring themselves up than bring people with them. But Effie always seems to be that sort of person that has... Not only rode that wave of success, but always been making sure to bring other LGBT wrestlers with him as well, and that's and that's yeah. really cool to see. I mean, I think it's the kind of thing that I think a lot of us like. Oh, they say expect. <laughs> I think it's what a lot of people stand for. Mm-hmm. You know, like we want to see other people. We want to see other people succeed, and we want to see other people. <laughs> be visible because it's all well and good it being yourself but like you know you need to i think i think from that experience of you know wrestling in florida and alabama and seeing like oh well i'm gonna get i'm gonna have to be a heel here because there's there's no way they're ever gonna like me Mm -hmm. to 
obviously what he is doing what he is doing now and and building this platform for <laughs> queer queer wrestling. Mm. It's just awesome. Just nice to know, you know. It's just it's just nice to see that there is finally a an accepting place for LGBT community pro wrestling. Just really nice. Um <laughs> Epic's just cool, man. <laughs> I think I, mean, I think that's the thing, though. I think that's the thing that will relate to a lot of people in that having something that engages on your level. Mm. Because, like, I know obviously a Christian that gets le- that gets leveled against Effie is that he's too focused on on comedy. Mm-hmm. But then I kind of question the thing of does Effie need to be a serious wrestler? <laughs> See? Yeah. Exactly. Because again, like as we spoke about, we like we fully em- we fully embrace the silliness of wrestling and what it is. <laughs> and the thing is that obviously, yeah, things like Big Gay Brunch are gonna be silly. It's called Big Gay Brunch. Yep. <laughs> it's not called. It's not called like I don't know something that has mania in the name. Tea party and the- <laughs> oh wait no. Oh, maybe not that. Maybe not that. Work on that one. Um, <laughs> but you know, it, it, you know, it's it's not like the event he's doing for GCW is blood sport. <laughs> Although that being said, now that you've said that, Effie versus Nick Gage in blood sports, <laughs> blood sport ten. There you go. Now that's the fucking visual. I mean, we did get we did get the Effie versus Daniel McCarthy match, which, which was in I, I believe three two one battle, but it might have been in. GCW, I can't remember. I think it might be DOA. It might something be like that. But, but that yeah, cool. like there, there are things like that. But like, obviously, the thing is, is that people people look at like the clips from Big Gay Brunch, <laughs> and they're like, "Oh, that's so that's so silly. Like, why would you care about that?" And I'm like, "And I'm seeing I'm seeing a man in wrestling trunks and fishnets grind up on a legend of Japanese wrestling, like." <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand what your problem is. <laughs> we take that clip and we take that quote and post it on our Instagram. <laughs> hey, I'm not complaining. <laughs> Me neither. I ain't complaining. Me neither. Oh. And, but, that, but that's the thing. And I think kind of it echoes um, it echoes what uh, my friend Ryan said about it, which is that Effie is as much an, uh, an experience as a wrestler. Yes. <laughs> An experience that I am very intrigued by. I don't know. I, don't know. I mean, it, it, it's it's kind of like the the way the way I like to think about it is like things like Big Gay Brunch are like the drag show of wrestling. I see. They're they're, they're meant to be silly, you know. In so in so much that you also have events like Paris is bumping and stuff like that. Mm. And this is why I said that they... Of, of, which, of which I should say, basically, drag is like a key part of Paris' bumping. <laughs> yes. It's why but, I said it's like the party atmosphere is unparalleled to anything else in pro wrestling with Big Game Bunch. <laughs> that, that main event between uh, Effie and um, Pimpinella Escalata was just... That was just a 10-minute party. That was that <laughs> But that, that's the thing, though. I think that's the... That's the thing that kind of makes it 
what it is because it, it it's a time to be silly it's a time to do stuff like events called like the twink battle royale <laughs> and like i was like the, that or like the twink gauntlet <laughs> you know just just do just do stuff like that that's that's the thing and i think with, without that you lose that key kind of space where people can get to to do that mm. Agreed. Agreed. Oh, so, have we convinced you somewhat, Reardon, to search for Effie on YouTube? Oh, I'm, I'm looking. I'm looking out right now. I'm looking so, right now. So, <laughs> think what Effie's got up to. If you really want to know, and curious, even to uh, even to uh, listeners uh, listening in, Effie does have a stream every Monday called Monday Not Raw. Yeah, that makes sense. His apparel line: wrestling is gay. <laughs> Which again, I say, is probably one of the best wrestling apparel lives you can have. And of course, he has a podcast known as Weekend at Effies, which is available every Friday on all streaming platforms. It's a shame that he's not pending on other platforms, but you know, beggars can't be choosers with that. Yeah, not everyone can be like us. <laughs> he also has a cameo as well, and I've been extremely yeah. tempted on several occasions to get a cameo <laughs> off of Effie. <laughs> so you can also follow him on Effie Lives as well. He does not only post the stuff that he's getting up to, but also all of the great stuff that's going on around the world. His most recent tweet was retweeting um, DDT in Nagoya. Of course, it's DDT because they're all wearing jock straps. Look, right. Effie working DDT is just like meant to be. <laughs> I'd love to see it one day. Like, legit. I mean, we're talking it. about a company where the owner is a Stone Cold cosplayer, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, I feel like that's the key part. <laughs> yeah, it's going to happen one day more than anything. But that is where yeah. we're going to end our episode all about Effie. Reardon is now frantically Google searching all the things he can find on Effie. That is, as one, that is one quite thick mustache. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Just wow. Him versus Alex Coughlin, but who's got the better mustache, Dan? See, the the, pro the problem is though is that Alex Coughlin goes in with him just being insanely jacked. It has like it has like a weirdly, I can't describe it. <laughs> I but I know what you mean, even though you can't describe it. <laughs> like the fact the fact that he's jacked somehow kind of makes it work on him. Yeah. <laughs> it makes him look like it makes him look like um what's the what's the dude's name? I was gonna say a buff Ron Swanson, is that the name? Yes. <laughs> That's kind of what it makes it look like. I want all the egg and, and uh, the bacon and eggs that you have in the I didn't say some, I want all of the bacon and eggs you have. <laughs> Actually I can see Axe Coughlin saying that. Anyway. Shall, we, shall I announce what we've got coming up on the next episode? We've got um, got quite a heavy one to do on this next episode. As we're going to be talking all about Chris Canyon. Yeah, yeah. All I have to say is, who better? <laughs> Absolutely. We're going to talk about his career all the way from, uh, from WCW to... Um, the what can I what's what's the what's the kind of, the blatant mistreatment of him in WWE? Yeah. 
And we're going to have some conversations about WWE and locker room culture. <laughs> oh, yeah. And of course, and not a lot of people know, his um, friendship, his deep friendship with the Young Bucks. Mm-hmm. But that's all going to come up on the next episode. Until then, I have been Sam. This has been Dan and Reardon. I'm going to grow a moustache now because I've just seen the picture of Alex Coughlin in the bad set. <laughs> <laughs> and we will see you all on the next episode. Until then, take care, everybody. Bye. Bye-bye.